This is NFA Talk, the show that talks about guns and gun rights, keeping you up to date with what's currently going on, from the newest guns, promotions, and events, plus how we're lobbying for your rights. All right, it's time for another episode of NFA Talk. I'm Jordan Vandenhoff. Joining me is Rick Igersidge, and in just a few moments, we are going to have a special guest. But before we get to that, I just want to make an announcement. So as of today, October 18th, um, you know, during our live show here, the liberals have not frozen the handguns yet. So if you're on the fence or you're still thinking, or if you can even still find a handgun in a store, uh, you better act now, get those transfers in. They have stated that any transfer that was started before the handgun freeze, they will allow to continue. So if you're on the fence, rush out, jump online, do what you got to do. Um, you know, we don't know how long this freeze is going to stay in, in effect. The NFA plans on, uh, you know, fighting this and challenging this the whole way through. We're not going to give up on you. So I just wanted to make everybody aware, if you're on the fence, do it now. Hey, Rick, how's it going? Good, Jordan. How are you tonight? Hi, everyone. Uh, we're we're going to do something a little different tonight on NFA Talk. Uh, tonight, we're going to be focusing on some grassroots politics from Ontario. And one independent MPP that is trying to make a difference for the people of Ontario at Queen's Park. Our special guest tonight is Bobby M. Brady, independent MPP representing Haldeman Norfolk. Welcome, Bobby Ann. Thanks very much, Rick and Jordan. I'm, I'm really happy to be here tonight. Uh, I guess we'll start off by uh, you can maybe tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, like you, Rick, I uh, was born and raised in Delhi. I'm a, I'm a Delhi Raider bleed uh, blue and gold through and through. Um, Norfolk County has always been my home. Um, I grew up in the country on family farms. And although my parents didn't farm, they weren't farmers. Um, my relatives, including uh, both sets of grandparents, were farmers. I'm very proud of our rural way of life and our agricultural heritage. And, you know, the one thing about the people of our area, and Rick, you would know this, is that we don't ask for much here. Um, we are community-minded people. Uh, we have amazing problem solvers, and it makes them very self uh, self sufficient. And you know, it's for those reasons that I decided to run as an independent in the June election. I am a conservative, um, but Premier Ford decided that he was going to appoint a candidate that many of us locally could not support. Um, you, you know, usually, as many of you know, a nomination night would be called, and everyone interested could throw their hat in the ring. I would have been okay with a nomination night, but I wasn't afforded one, so. I decided to challenge this very, what I would consider undemocratic decision. Um, I felt that the, you know, the deal that was being had for the people of Haldeman Norfolk was a bad deal. Um, at the end of the day, I believe in blessings in disguise. And right now I feel as though my position as an independent is indeed one of those. It's a blessing in disguise because as I sit at Queens Park, I can choose to agree or disagree with any issue, regardless of political stripe. And it's, it is all dependent on how my constituents feel. Awesome. Yeah, yeah actually, uh, you, you actually won by, uh, by quite a number in Haldem, Norfolk. I remember uh, staying up and watching uh, watching the results. I was pretty impressed. Actually, you had my vote. We actually met before uh, before the election. And 
I, I was, I was, I was uh, very, very happy to see that you won because I know we're, we were going to get some good representation at Queen's Park. Anyway, as most of you are aware, there's a lot of things going on at the provincial level as far as Justin Trudeau's uh, order and council gun confiscation. Namely, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, New Brunswick, and the Yukon have all stated that they will not use provincial resources or direct their police forces to seize firearms from law-abiding Canadians. Haldeman Norfolk is a rural riding in southern Ontario where several sports shooters, hunters, firearms collectors, along with farmers and uh, that use firearms for pest control and to protect their livestock reside. Bobby Ann has presented Doug Ford with a letter urging him to follow suit to join the other provinces. So, Bobby Ann, can you tell us what brought this about and what your letter says? Sure. So the letter is actually written to the Solicitor General, Michael Kersner. And, um, you know, I wrote the letter because my office, and you, you alluded to it, we serve many farmers and hunters, target shooters. We began receiving calls and emails about the Prime Minister's buyback of semi-automatic centerfire rifles. And when I looked into this and discovered that Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, New Brunswick, and the Yukon had all said no, that they would not assist in the buyback from legitimate firearms owners, I, I decided that, you know what, I, I had to continue to research. And um, this is an example of, of a lack of common sense. Um, we've, seen, we've seen this time and time again with a number of policies, but feel-good headlines on the 6 o'clock news don't necessarily translate into good public policy. Let's be honest, if I truly believe that this initiative would save lives, it would stop the gangbangers in the city, I'd be the first to say, hey, let's do it. But the truth is, this, this buyback actually puts more power into the hands of criminals and puts us everyday citizens at bigger risk. And, and it puts us further in debt, quite honestly. Um, you know, obviously, I'm not the only person who sees this, as we have five other leaders who have said they will not commit any resources to the program. And the main reasons I believe those leaders and myself see this as a really bad idea is that we will be taking police officers off the streets to knock on doors and say, hey, do you have a firearm? Well, we already have a shortage of boots on the ground and criminals will take further advantage of less officers on the road. Um, you know, police officers assisting with enforcement of this, what I would call misguided federal legislation will be taken away from vital duties. Let's talk about it. Vital duties like domestic violence calls, dealing with gangs and stopping the flow of guns um, from coming across the border. Um, this is being portrayed as a firearms issue, but largely it's a policing resource issue. Um, police officers across Canada, you know what, they deal with so many technicalities that they enforce on a daily basis. The Highway Traffic Act, the Criminal Code, Controlled Drug and Substance Act, etc. You know, why do we want to add um, to their, their workload? And, you know, let's be honest. Um, many people don't know the difference between the banned models and models that are not banned. You know, if, for example, if you put in front of me, uh, you know, a Ruger Mini 14 and a Tavor, I wouldn't know which one is legal and which one isn't. I'd probably choose the scariest looking of the two and take a wild guess. And in this case, the scariest gun is the one that is still legal. So, you know, last week I played a little game um, with, with a friend and he showed me three different photos of a semi-automatic rim fire. And he asked me to put them in order of power. Well, I thought I had it all figured out real quick. And then I learned that they were all actually the same gun with different stocks. So like many things in life, 
you know, things can can be very deceiving. So, you know, I guess my letter comes out of a bit of frustration because I I really um, I'd like to know who the prime minister and his folks are consulting with on this buyback. And as a sidebar, I'd like to point out that this was not run through the House, but rather it was an order in council. And on the contrary, when the Yukon was looking at the buyback, it was an opposition motion that was presented and all parties worked together to push back against uh, Justin Trudeau. So I would love to see that same all party cooperation here in Ontario so that we can actually work on policy that will make a difference. Um, You know, when an an aircraft crashes, um, there's a process that's always followed and deficiencies are corrected. An entire new set of rules isn't drafted, but when there's a gun crime, the investigation ensues, but the result is always increased regulation or changed regulation. And we we all know this has done nothing to curb gun-related crime in our cities. Knee-jerk responses and poorly crafted policies cost money, and I believe the gun crime has actually increased. So we have you know, increased restrictions, and yet we see increased crime. Something doesn't add up here. Yeah. And uh, your standpoint is from a, is from a non-firearms person. I know you've been to the range and fired firearms and stuff, but you're, you're not, a, you're not a, you're not a firearms per- person. So this is, this, your perspective is a little different than uh, either an anti-gun person or, or, or a licensed gun, or can you just touch on that a bit there, Bobby? Yeah, no, I'm not a firearms owner and none of my immediate family are firearms owners. You know, I've shot firearms, as you said, in the past. And during the campaign, I stopped at the Waterford Gun Club and I spoke to law-abiding gun owners about the constant attack on their sport and on their, you know, what they do to fill freezers. And there's some out there who aren't going to like what I'm saying. They're going to accuse me of being, you know, a gun-toting Beth Dutton country girl. But you know what? I'm not. And I have no desire to be a gun owner. But I think that's actually what makes me more credible when it comes to my stance, I'm not trying to protect my sport or my interest. I do, however, have many friends and relatives who are, who are farmers, who are hunters, and, and they're law-abiding. And, you know, they do. There's a, there's a heritage down here of filling our freezers with meat, and that's still legal. And, um, you know, their guns are not the guns that are being used in, in you know, crimes downtown Toronto or in any other city. So this is about common sense for me. And it's about highlighting the fact that this buyback initiative is a waste of taxpayer money because it's not going to, uh, you know, net us positive results. Yeah. You wow. know. And you're, you got yeah, no, I, I just want to say, like Bobby, and that's like it's it's great listening to you. You you nailed a whole bunch of points, um, you know, that our listeners uh, you should listen to, right? Uh, with the you know taking away the resources of our of our police, it's almost like the you know the robber that calls in a in a, in a fake uh, domestic sends all the cops across town so they can quickly go rob the bank, right? It's kind of the same scenario. Now our government's sending the cops door to door. And leaving, you know, every everything else wide open for these criminals. So um, it's irresponsible of this government to go this route. Has there has there been any talk in Queens Park uh, with uh, with the gun legislation, or any is, is it being discussed, or rumors floating around? Well, we've been on a bit of a, a recess um, since September fourteenth, and we do go back next Tuesday, October twenty fifth. So you know, um, I suspect there may be talk. Um, when we get back there, because I might 
And sure, there's talk. Um, <laughs> anyway, I haven't heard anything. I am still waiting for a response to um, to the letter to the Solicitor General. Um, you know, I, I would really hope that a conservative government here would work with, um, you know, those on all sides of, of the uh, the house to say, hey, look, you know what, if this did make sense, then we could support this. Um, but this this isn't good for any of us. It's a bad deal. And, um, you know, I, I go back to that question about <laughs> who is the who is, uh, you know, Justin Trudeau consulting with on gun policy. It seems that whomever they are consulting with, it's really one sided. So therefore, I you know, my suspicion is that it's it's only the anti the only the the anti-gun lobby and you know i have yet to find a gun owner and experts in the industry who believe canada's gun regulations are effective and again it boils down to common sense why don't we actually consult with those involved why don't we consult with you know guys who own gun shops uh, you know gun owners farmers hunters law-abiding owners who you know want fair but also effective policy it's it's actually in their best interest to have effective policy. And I relate it to, and, and this may be hard for some people to understand, but I relate it to, you know, the guy who runs a fur farm, um, you know, and PETA's constantly showing up and, and, you know, animal rights activists. Those animals are, are usually treated very well because it's in the best interest of the farmer to treat his animals well, because that's how he gets top money for their, their fur. So it's the same thing with guns. I mean, if, if I'm a gun owner and I want to continue to, to hunt and I want to continue to sport shoot, then then darn right, I want the best policy because I don't want the constant attack on on my sport or my hobby. Or your personal property. Right. Well, that's yeah. a whole other subject. Of <laughs> exactly. Policy. Yeah. We might yeah. have to get into that at some point. Yeah, I think uh, I think we probably should. You know, I can answer some of the questions like who who's designing these uh, orders and council and gun laws. It's uh, it's bureaucrats and lawyers. Mm-hmm. Uh, no gun. Uh, as far as we can see, there's no gun people involved. Even even the parts that the RCMP are uh, are making comments on are, are RCMP guys that uh, don't know or don't care about firearms. You know, it just it's uh, it's all uh, it's all uh, a big political game as far as uh, we're concerned with this stuff. Uh, you know, it, it, just for example, you know, uh, when going back to the Order of Council, uh, the original ban, and uh, when Justin Trudeau did it after the tragedy in Nova Scotia, mm-hmm. and uh, Kristen Freeland uh, made the comment, and this this one, I, and I've mentioned this on NFA Talk before, sticks in my head. She made the comment that we banned a lot of these firearms because they look scary. <laughs> I go, well, you know, and that she actually made that comment. So, you know, that tells you exactly where these people are coming from. Mm-hmm. And it's that mentality that people, you know, have a hard time seeing through when, when, when that is said on the six o'clock news, um, you know, people, they, they drink that right up. Right. And, and I'll go back to it when the government can come up with something that actually combats gun crime, I will stand up and I will be supportive. But until then, all this is doing is giving the public, giving the taxpayer false security. And it's all at their expense. And that's what people, all of these people out there who may be watching this, who are going, you know, oh, this country girl doesn't know what she's talking about. No, no, no. You need to look deeper into the issue because it's false sense of security. Our streets are not safer because of liberal gun policy, nor will they be safer because of this buyback program. It's actually going to make things worse. So it's a false sense of security and we are paying dearly for it. Yeah. 
you know, and that's some that's some of our fears too. You know, when they when these confiscations do start, they don't they don't have any kind of uh, anything in place yet. I know they're working in a lot of different directions, but you know, okay. So uh, even if Doug Ford does decide not to use Ontario resources to do that, which I don't know if he's going to or not. Uh, you know, if if he doesn't, so if they come up with another plan, like I wouldn't want to be the person going to a person's house and then trying to take their personal property. You know, it just, uh, you know, I don't think I don't think this whole thing is well thought out. Well, we know it's not well thought out, but you know, the directions that this could go is just absolutely scary. And you know, and and these are law abiding, vetted firearms owners, and uh, you know, it just. But some people are just angry. Like I talk to I talk to firearms owners every day, and people are just angry. There, you know, and it's not just the firearms owners, Bobby. And it's people that are starting to follow along because of the per- personal property issue. People are people are mad because the government can come to your house and seize your personal property, which just isn't right in Canada. Well, I'm glad they're paying attention now because it's been a slippery slope for a long time. And um, like I say, property rights is a, is a whole other issue, but um, people should be upset. You know, nobody should be able to come on our property and take something if you are a law-abiding citizen. Yeah, absolutely. I want to I want to add in too, though, like people are starting to get upset too, because now they, they figured out that they're footing the bill for this, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the government, the liberal government or Trudeau government basically said, hey, it's only going to cost uh, 700 and I think it was $56 million. And uh, already, uh, you know, we've, we've estimated well into the, the billions of dollars for this. And you know what, like, who's paying for this, the, the taxpayers are paying for this, right? And that's why the liberal government, they're doing a lot of fear mongering with these commercials on TV. You know, we have to get these off the streets. Well, these firearms are not on the streets. They're they're in the hands of well vetted Canadian citizens, responsible firearms owners in safes with safe storage within their house. We have strict regulations to you know we can only go directly to the range and back. We you know if we go anywhere else, we have to get permission with an authorization to transport. We're not the ones that are a problem. So you know the government's going to focus all their money and all the taxpayer money on on something that's not a problem. Meanwhile, you know what are they focusing on border protection like not even one quarter of what they're spending on buying back these guns so you know i i don't blame the taxpayers for being upset over this and i will i'd love to um maybe just say that you know i do know that premier ford um has spoken out you know spoken up to the feds with respect to um you know, leaning on on the U.S. to do a better job because we know the guns are cr- coming across the border, being smuggled into Canada. You know, um, so I know the premier has done that, and I, I encourage him to continue to do that. But at the same time, um, he's he's got to stand up to this buyback and say, no, thanks, we're we're opting out as well. Absolutely, you know, and you know, there's another thing, and we probably we're going to need another whole show to touch on this, but it's actual revenue loss for the people of Ontario. Mm-hmm. Gun shops, you know, with this with this latest uh, Bill C twenty one with this uh, handgun freeze and 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 uh, the freeze of all imports of handguns into Ontario, the revenue loss is going to be substantial. You know, we try to get the numbers from our government. Of course, they wouldn't give it to us, but we actually got the numbers from from the from uh, our colleagues in the United States of the guns that were shipped into Canada. And it, you know, it's going to be in the millions, if not billions, of dollars of revenue loss, job loss. You know. Th- these people don't take any of this into account. It's all, you know, make the streets safer by uh, 
by clamping down on on vetted legal gun owners instead of you know Justin Trudeau dropping um, minimum maximum or maximum sentences on uh, on offenders you know he's going in that direction if you get caught with a gun you're probably going to do less time than somebody like myself that didn't uh, renew his uh, PAL in time I'm probably going to get a more severe fine than the, than the guy on the street that does uh, does an armed robbery well, it's knee jerk and, and it's it's intended for that crowd that doesn't understand, um, doesn't educate themselves on on these issues. Right. And it, it looks good on the six o'clock news in the city. It looks as though they're doing something. It's showing sham politics. That's all it is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, you and I both live in Haldeman, Norfolk, and we're a big rural. Uh, we're a big rural riding. And and people here, uh, you know, it's it's funny because you actually hear the talk on the streets at the local coffee shops. They're actually talking about this stuff, which is which is unheard of, you know, in the past. But, uh, you know, it's starting it's it's starting to it's starting to make people mad. And, uh, you know, it's, it's time we got mad. And I'm so glad that we have a representative like you at Queens Park that actually has a voice and is not afraid to, uh, to, uh, to voice your opinion and, uh, and, and make some difference. You know, that, that makes the, myself and the people of Haldeman Norfolk very, very proud. Oh, thanks, Rick. <laughs> You're welcome. I, I will continue to stand up for, for, for what is right. And it may yeah. not uh, be popular, but um, it'll be right. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure you'll be serving here for a long, long time, just like your uh, colleague, Toby Barrett there. He was our guy for a long time, and I know you worked with him for what twenty years. Twenty three years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And actually, one of your uh, one of your people actually does some work for us. Uh, Jeff, he does uh, he does some uh, columns and stuff for our Canadian Firearms Journal that we uh, we put out every couple months. So uh, you know, I I know Jeff well. I've known him for a long time. I know him since we were basically uh, young adults, and uh, mm-hmm. a great guy, and. Uh, you know, I, I shout out to him because he does some really, really good work for uh, the Canadian Firearms Journal. Yeah, Jeff's a great guy. Wealth of knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, Jordan, any more questions for Bobby Ann? Uh, well, no, I mean, at the, at the point now, Ontario's kind of sitting on the edge, you know, like, like Rick said earlier, a lot of the other provinces have already jumped on board. So, um, I, I don't know if, you know, Mr. Ford is watching our show or if he actually tunes in, but you know, uh, Ontario's waiting. <laughs> yeah, maybe, waiting. maybe if you get, maybe if you get a chance, you might want to relay that to him. Uh, I got, I got the pleasure to, uh, meet Mr. Ford when, uh, when he was campaigning to, to first become the premier and, uh, he was, he was down in Welland and, uh, you know, I, everybody got a chance to go up and say hello and, and shake his hand. And I, I went up to, I went up to Mr. Ford and I said, you know, like, uh, hi, I, I'm Jordan. You know, and uh, I'm a, I'm a you know, I, I enjoy firearms. I enjoy hunting. I enjoy sports shooting. And he looked at, and I said, you know, like when it comes down to it, if you can help us in any way, when you know the the feds say, hey, we're doing gun control, if you can be vocal for Ontario, we, I'd greatly appreciate that. And he looked at me and he shook my hand. He said. Don't you worry. I'm, I'm a hunter as well. So at, at that time is reassuring. I hope maybe, you know, he's going to follow through with that and, uh, stick up to, uh, you know, Mr. Mendocino and Mr. Trudeau and, and say, Hey, Ontario's not on board. Yeah. Let's hope yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, and I'm sure that, uh, you'll be talking to some of your colleagues at Queens Park and, uh, kind of mm-hmm. swaying them in our direction also, Bobby. And I, I think, I think you're the right person for the job for that. Well, I will do my absolute best. Yeah. And yes, I will walk across the aisle and, 
and yeah. have some of those discussions next week. I look forward to going back actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think, so uh, uh, yeah, I think I, I think uh, we we've pretty much covered every everything tonight. Maybe we'll uh, we'll wrap it up at that uh, at this point. Mm-hmm. Yep, I think so. And uh, maybe we'll do this again, and we'll touch on some other topics that involve the provincial federal crossover uh, as far as uh, firearms and personal property. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, on behalf of Canada's National Firearms Association, Bobby Ann, uh, thank you for uh, making. Uh, being our guest tonight uh, we sure appreciate it and uh, it was very enlightening for me and uh, i'm sure for our viewers right across canada thank you very much thank you thanks for having me on all right thanks and uh, everybody that tuned in until next time yeah thanks for listening to this episode of nfa talk like and follow the nfa on social media and sign up to become a member 